So who is Yuval Noah Harari? And could he be the false prophet the Bible speaks of rising up in the future? Well, before we answer those questions, you'll want to see this right now. It's like, you know, very few people, a few hundred engineers and a couple of uh, billionaires, owners of big corporations like Facebook, like Google, like Twitter, they changed what you and me and people around us do every day. Like 20 years ago, nobody spent an hour every day watching funny cat videos and car accidents and things like that. Now people do it. Hmm. They completely changed the uh, uh, news market and therefore also the political system, you know, with all the social media. They discovered a way basically to hack human beings, to hack your brain. Okay, that's a little scary. Well, let's find out why this is important by going to God's word, why it matters and what it's all about. And let's do that right now. Hey, thanks so much for joining me here at Truth Unbound. I'm your host, Walter Swain. And uh, what we do here at Truth Unbound is an important ministry. And its audience has grown thanks to you. In fact, what we do here is we take the issues of the day, whether it's in life in general, uh, issues about Christianity itself and theology and the church and in the society that we live in, and we look at God's word and see how it applies directly to that, because Peter told us in the New Testament that God has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. So if you want to hear more, you want to see more as soon as it comes out and invite others to come be a part of the Truth Unbound family worldwide, then would you just hit like there, just click on like, and then also subscribe, hit all notifications, and then also uh, share this with everybody that you can and then also comment and reply, and you will get a response. Thank you so much. Let's get right into today's subject. All right, so Yuval is an Israeli thinker, historian, futurist, professor, and lecturer. He has a PhD from Ox Oxford and has authored several books, the main ones being Sapiens, 21 Lessons for, 21st for the 21st Century, and Homo Deus. He is gay, married to a man, and he practices a certain type of Buddhism and meditation. He's also a pro-transhumanist. You say, what's that? Well, that's the belief that we can integrate humans with technology to improve and lengthen their lives. You'll see more of that in a moment. But he really does know his stuff. He's humorous and he's persuasive and convincing in his delivery. So why does what this particular historian among so many say that is so concerning to us? Well, one of the main things that he preaches is that humans are no longer really in control of their lives due to artificial intelligence growing in size and power. He's not wrong, and he calls it the hacking of humans. Now, you've heard about hacking before. It means that, uh, well, computers can be hacked, meaning that that's when someone without authorization to do so enters into, into and controls a computer that usually controls something else, usually something else important. And Dr. Harari says that people can also be hacked now, not with plugging cables and modems into you, but with the data collected by monitoring and tracking you everywhere, outside and inside your body. Tracking everything from your food habits, buying habits, love and sex habits, etc., etc. 
And then they could take that manipulate that that data and manipulate you. Corporations and governments are already starting to do so. And they do this thinking you're thinking you're thinking you're getting what you want when the elites and those that are in control are actually manipulating and getting out of you what they want. Now Yuval Harari explains it right here in this video clip. Because we have reached the point when we can hack not just computers, we can hack humans and other organisms. There is a lot of talk these days about hacking computers, but actually we are entering the era of hacking human beings. What do you need in order to hack a human being? You need two things, a lot of computing power and a lot of data, especially biometric data. Not data about where I go or what I buy, but data about what is happening inside my body and inside my brain. Up until now, we didn't have enough computing power and enough data to hack humans. Even if the Spanish Inquisition or the Soviet KGB spied on me every minute of every day, they lacked the biological knowledge and the computing power necessary to hack the biochemical processes shaping my feelings and my choices. But soon we will have enough of both. Advances in computer science, especially the development of machine learning and artificial intelligence, are giving us the necessary computing power. At the same time, advances in biology and brain science are giving us the necessary understanding of what is happening inside the brain and body of humans. When you merge the revolution in infotech with the revolution in biotech, you get the ability to hack humans. Perhaps the key invention that enables infotech and biotech to merge is the biometric sensor, which converts biological processes into electronic information that computers can store and analyze. Given enough such information and enough computing power, external systems can hack all your feelings, decisions, and opinions. They can know exactly who you are. They can know you better than you know yourself. If we are not careful, we will soon be living under digital dictatorships. Now, what he explains and warns about is that if we're not careful and don't have certain controls put in place, then bad guys like a modern-day Stalin or Hitler can take that info and make life a nightmare for all of us. It's what he calls a digital dictatorship. Now, here is Dr. Harari explaining one of the effects that can happen when it comes to an evil dictator or a digital dictatorship or by a government taking control of the people with their data. Here it is. Watch this. We now have the power, or at least not we, but some gov governments and corporations for the first time in history have the power to basically hack human beings. There is a lot of talk about hacking computers, hacking smartphones, hacking bank accounts, but the big story of our era is the ability to hack human beings. And by this I mean that if you have enough data and you have enough computing power, you can understand people better than they understand themselves, mm -hmm. and then you can manipulate them in ways which were previously impossible. Mm -hmm. And 
In such a situation, the old democratic system stopped functioning. We need to reinvent democracy for this new era in which humans are now hackable animals. You know, the, the whole idea that humans have, you know, this, they, they have this soul or spirit and they have free will and nobody knows what's happening inside me. So whatever I choose, whether in the election or whether in the supermarket, this is my free will, that's over. Now he warns against this, but yet he says in his groundbreaking book, Sapiens, that human rights are a myth. Now look here, and this is directly from his book, quote, Homo sapiens has no natural rights, just as spiders, hyenas, and chimpanzees have no natural rights. He continues, there are no gods in the universe, no nations, no money, no human rights, no laws, and no justice outside the common imagination of human beings. Okay, so God isn't real, never has been. It's always just a figment of your imagination. So if there is no God, then there's no moral lawgiver from outside of us who is perfect that can tell us what is right and wrong. There are no protections that are common to all human beings then, given to us by that moral lawgiver or God as we know him by. It's just what the strongest say is right and wrong, and then it's game on to see who survives and rules the day till the next cycle comes around. You know, if you don't want to be held to a certain code of ethics that God establishes for you and me, uh, then and he's the only one who can, of course, then you just wave the wand, magic wand, and you remove him because he's just imagination. He's just a myth. Look what, he, look what Dr. Harari says about the God you can choose to believe in or not because he's convenient to you or not. So do you believe in God? No. Okay, so you don't believe in God. Um, uh, you know, the, the, the word is problematic. There are two kinds of gods in the world. Uh, and people tend to mix them. There is one God, the mystery God, about which we know nothing. The chief characteristic of this God is that he is mysterious. And humans can't understand and can't say anything about this God. And like... People ask, I mean, who, who uh, started the Big Bang? Or how did life start? And all the things that science doesn't know, people say, oh, this is God. And this is a mysterious God. The chief characteristic of the mysterious God is that we know nothing about him or her or it. And I'm perfectly happy with this God. Then there is a completely opposite kind of God. The concrete lawgiver God. And about this God, we know far too much. We know exactly what this God thinks about female fashion, <laughs> about human sexuality, about who should you vote on elections, everything. Now, as though that weren't enough to admit God, he conven conveniently states that that's, well, that's all fine. There's no God anyway. But in the soon future, we will become God-like ourselves. Now, believe me, here it is straight from his book, Homo Deus, which by the way means God-man. Here it is. In seeking bliss and immortality, humans are in fact trying to upgrade themselves into gods, not just because these are divine qualities, 
But because in order to overcome old age and misery, humans will first have to acquire godlike control of their own biological substratum. If we, ever have the, if we ever have the power to engineer death and pain out of our system, that same power will probably be sufficient to engineer our system in almost any manner we like and manipulate our organs, emotions, and intelligence in myriad ways. Having secured unprecedented levels of prosperity, health, and harmony, and given our past record and our current values, Humanity's next targets are likely to be immortality, happiness, and divinity. Having reduced mortality from starvation, disease, and violence, we will now aim to overcome old age and even death itself. Having saved people from abject misery, we will now aim to make them positively happy. And having raised humanity above the beastly level of survival struggles, we will now aim to upgrade humans into gods and turn Homo sapiens into Homo Deus. Scientists today can do much better than the Old Testament God, thanks to artificial fertilizers, industrial insecticides, and genetically modified crops. Agricultural production nowadays outstrips the highest expectations ancient farmers had of their gods. And the parched state of Israel no longer fears that some angry deity will restrain the heavens and stop all rain. For the Israelis have recently built a huge desalination plant on the shores of the Mediterranean, so they can now get all their drinking water from the sea. So far, we have competed with the gods of old by creating better and better tools. In the not-too-distant future, we might create superhumans, who will outstrip the ancient gods not in their tools, but in their bodily and mental faculties. If and when we get there, however, divinity will become as mundane as cyberspace, a wonder of wonders that we just take for granted. Now Yuval Harari says he's warning us about the men who will act like gods by using our data against us to control us, but then turns around and says we'll become like gods because of our amazing biotechnology. That's a little confusing. Anyway, sounds like something that maybe the false prophet would say that's mentioned in Revelation. So now the red flags go up all over the place about him now because it connects to Bible prophecy when someone confidently and excitedly says that human beings will be like gods, a necessary characteristic of the Antichrist, and also that he dismisses religious ideals as myths, a characteristic, I would say, of the second beast or the false prophet. So today we're going to ask a couple of questions. Is Yuval possibly the false prophet the Bible mentions due to his almost religious-like humanism, yet hunger for power? He is sometimes called the prophet, actually, by many of the elites, not only due to his ability to foretell the future based on trends, but also due to the ease, authority, and persuasion with which he talks about it. Now, the next question is, who is the false prophet that will be the United World Religious Leader or the second beast that the Bible speaks of? In Revelation 13, this man will be second only to the Antichrist, who will lead the world in a united religion, who will form an unholy trinity between Satan, the Antichrist, and himself. Or Satan will form the unholy trinity of the three. He is described as coming out of the earth, which could likely mean he's from a more lowly or hidden beginning, 
from the people or literally from below, from the abyss. We don't know, and it's not an important detail. He also has horns like a lamb, budding horns like that, like soft bumps at first, but also speaks as a dragon. Now, this indicates he will likely gain power with persuasion, common sensibility, and gentleness, but those same words will be power, empowered with evil by the dragon who is the devil. Though he has the same power, this false prophet, as the Antichrist, he will also direct all the people of the world to actually exalt and worship the Antichrist. And he will be empowered to do miraculous signs to build up his credibility, according to Revelation 13. He'll also create some kind of an image of the Antichrist that can speak and destroy those who oppose it. Yuval has leanings himself into eugenics, which is the belief that humans can be improved through genetics and other methods. But those that don't match the standard, if not outright murder, the false prophet will likely use something like a euthanasia as a way to eliminate people who they uh, desire to just not be a part or don't meet their standards. Now, Yuval has some of these characteristics uh, when it comes to his persuasive speaking and endorsement of the use of technology to help humanity uh, to get to God's status. Though he has not done the rest of what the false prophet will do for now, it is reserved mainly for lectures and books. But once again, where his influence and power are seen the most and why we see the connection to the predictions of the prophecies of the Bible is that he has also become the darling, if you will, of the elites, such as Bill Gates, Barack Obama, and most of all the leaders of the world, and the leader of the economic forum, Klaus Schwab, who calls for and is working towards a new world order called the Great Reset, and governments are marching in line with him. What he will do is combine mega corporations and governments to make a better world based on the agreed values set by the elites who shape this world order. Now, based on how much you are in conformity to their uh, subjective standards, your, your ability of getting a job or a loan will be affected. Now, we believe this great reset that is already in motion is the predecessor and framework of the coming one world economy and government spoken of also in Revelation 13. Now, Dr. Harari has clearly laid out how this will work. Now, note here, he is not some so-called conspiracy theorist. He's definitely not a conservative and definitely not a Christian. But he gives us the same roadmap that Bible prophecy teachers have told us will come one day, not describing the same tools because those are rather recent, the specific tools, but Bible teachers of prophecies, prophecy for years have described this same type of process revealed in Scripture. But hey, we're the nutcases. Don't worry about us. Don't listen. Well, why don't you listen to this before you come to that conclusion about Bible prophecy and its teachers? It's like, you know, very few people, a few hundred engineers and a couple of uh, billionaires, owners of big corporations like Facebook, like Google, like Twitter, they changed what you and me and people around us do every day. Like 20 years ago, nobody spent an hour every day watching funny cat videos and car accidents and things like that. Now people do it. Hmm. They completely changed the uh, uh, news market and therefore also the political system, you know, with all the social media. They discovered a way basically to hack human beings, to hack your brain. 
you know, how do you hack a computer? You find the weaknesses in the code and you use that to hack the computer. It's the same with humans. Hmm. You find the weaknesses of people and individual people. It's not like the 20th century when you had some big dictator like Hitler giving a single speech to all the population. No, now you can find the individual weaknesses of each person <laughs> and utilize that. If you discover, you, you know, you collect enormous amount of data on me and use algorithms to analyze it, and you discover that I already have some fear of immigrants. So to keep me on your platform, you know, the easiest way mm -hmm. to grab attention and keep people on the platform is to press the fear button or the hate button. If I fear immigrants and I see suddenly a, a, a headline, a gang of immigrants rapes local women, then I have feel an irresistible urge to, to, to press that. And even if it's fake news, I will easily believe that. Mm -hmm. And this will lead me to more and more conspiracy theories and fake news. And it's already my weakness. Huh. So it's very easy to manipulate me with that. Now, maybe you don't fear immigrants. Maybe you fear fascism. But so, they know. And they know fear. that. So they will show you a different hmm. fake news story about a gang of uh, neo-Nazis huh. that murders immigrants. Uh -huh. And you will click on that. And they don't care really <laughs> about immigration. They just want to keep you on their platform to sell you more advertisements huh. and make more money. But the result is that you waste an hour every day on that. And that the political conversation in the country completely collapses. But now we are in a new situation when you can tailor the story to individual people because you now have the technology to watch hmm. all the people all the time and get to know them hmm. better than they know themselves. And, you know, going back to your question, who decides? I didn't vote for it. I don't remember there was an election and I said, yes, I want more funny cat videos every day. It wasn't my decision. Hmm. A hmm. very small number of people decided to take humanity in that direction. And this is just a small foretaste of much worse things that can happen unless we take control back hmm. of our minds, of our brains. I, I read yesterday. He's figured it out. And we've been describing that for years. So, back to the original question. Is Yuval Harari the false prophet? I sincerely doubt it. But, but, if he is not, and I don't believe he is, the real false prophet will have much the same thinking and eloquence as Dr. Harari, but be driven by pure evil, by the evil one himself, fulfilling the prophetic scenario of the one world government and economy by a small group of leaders and then over them by one world leader, the Antichrist. In fact, in Revelation 13, it describes how the devil will be the driving force directly behind the future false prophet, just as he will be for the Antichrist. Again, Dr. Harari actually warns against the dangers of using the future technology the wrong way by the wrong person or persons. On the other hand, he believes it's good to use technology to improve health, education, and more, to the point of saying we're going to get so good at this, we're going to become gods who can create and control our own destiny and even overpower death. But above all this, we know this for sure from God's word. In Revelation 19, verses 19 through 20, it says, And I saw the beast, the kings of the earth, and their armies 
gathered together to make war against him who sat on the horse and against his army. Then the beast was captured, and with him the false prophet who worked signs in his presence by which he deceived those who received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. These two were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. Now the Bible also warns us that those who choose, not just the false prophet and not just the Antichrist in the future, but all those who reject Christ, who refuse to believe in him, will also end in that same torment. And so my friend, if you're watching this and you're not a follower of Christ, I urge you to do so now. You see, Jesus, the Son of God, came down himself from heaven, but on human flesh became just as a man, yet without sin and lived a sinless life. And then he took your sin and the punishment for your sin on himself. And then after he resolved that problem, he also overcame death by rising from the dead. And then he extends the offer and the gift to you to also have forgiveness of sin and eternal life if you'll come back to him through believing in Jesus and what he's done for you. Will you do that right now? You see, the Bible tells us, you, you might be asking, okay, well, then how do I get that? How do I, how do I receive that for myself? Do I have to do something? Do I have to go to church? And no, none of those things. He says, come to him and believe and tell God that you believe in him. In Romans chapter 10, verse 9, it says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. you will be saved. So will you decide finally for Jesus today, right now? Tell him yourself, Lord, I'm a sinner. I believe in you, what you've done for me. Forgive me of my sin. Here I am. Take control of my life. Now, if you've made that choice for Jesus, would you let us know as well at info at truthunbound.org? And we'll do everything we can to get you connected to a nearby Bible-believing church. Um, And then they'll be able to help you with the next steps in Jesus. Well, I hope this has brought a better understanding, uh, has introduced you to Dr. Harari and his uh, tremendous persuasive persuasiveness and what he says, but more so who the false prophet will be in the future and what he'll be like and to understand the connection and some of the connections here with biotechnology uh, fitting in with the world economy and the Great Reset, all those things to set up that one world government and economy. Well, I hope this is, again, I hope this has helped you to understand that. Would you please remember to uh, click on like, subscribe, uh, also share this with everyone you can. And then also, if you would do this, would you comment or reply? I would like to read from you. And just remember, follow Jesus, because when you do, you'll always follow the truth.